0: Welcome to a new episode of Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Janaid Ahmed. In this episode, I want to talk a little about network-attached storage. Network-attached storage is a great way to add on storage to your network. It's great for backing up data. It's great for storing massive photo files. And if you have the network... Attach storage, or short for NAS, it's a great place to store your memories. And if you have it set up correctly, you can have multiple redundancy, uh, especially if you might have failure. Now, you always want to back up your server to another source. Um, Cloud storage is so abundant these days that you can absolutely use a cloud storage for backup. But to have immediate access to data, um, cloud sometimes is hindering in speeds, especially if you want to access large data files, large video files. Since I record a lot of footage on the different cameras I have, I need a place to store this footage for long term and be able to access the footage and edit and grab screenshots and grabs. So I've set up a FreeNAS server, which is also acts as a my network attached storage. I've even set up my time machine backup here so I can easily store backups of my desktop and my laptops on this server. So what are the configurations of this FreeNAS server? Hmm, good question. Now, it all started with my need to have a dedicated uh, Plex server running locally. Now, what is Plex? Well, all this footage that I've captured through the cameras, I need a way to be able to watch these deleted footage, and having a Plex server, I can set up a library in here where I can store my home videos and be able to access these home videos from any source uh, that supports the Plex software client. Plex server is a great way to bring that on. Lately, Plex has also enabled live television through your antenna and the ability to DVR on this content for temporary time switching or time pausing while you're watching your news or sports or whatever. The Plex server is essentially then connected to a antenna that is on the network and the antenna is connected to the outdoor antenna which brings in free-to-air feed and essentially your Plex server becomes your television as you can switch between these live channels on the fly and on your television. Plex has also included IPTV and um, other channels that you can watched through your Flex clients, such as your television, your Apple TV, Android devices, iPhone, iPad, Android devices. So it's a really neat way of setting something up. And once you have it set up, it's essentially free to run because you're not paying any subscription fees to Hulu or YouTube TV or Sling, the many options you have available right now. It's absolutely hard when you might have bad internet connection. So what goes into setting up a Plex server or what goes into setting up a FreeNAS server? So FreeNAS is the open source operating system and it is designed, it is designed to become your network attached storage. You can easily configure drives and set up different rate solution and enabling you to have redundancy. So, what type of setup do I have? Well, I started doing some research on the forums at Freenas, and this was almost six, seven years ago that I started my research and set my machine up. But I want to talk about it today because there's some changes. There's um, crazy changes coming in the Freenas world. So, when I first started with FreeNAS, it was at version 9.3. Regardless of what that means, let's go over some of the things that I had to acquire to set up my FreeNAS server. So, number one, you need to have a server class motherboard, CPU, and memory. So, I have no short of, you know, I'm going to have this machine running 24 7, so I want to make sure that I have server class uh, motherboard cpu and memory which will last a long time and it is a testament to me running the machine for the past six years without much problems so the motherboard that i picked was a super micro x9c scm this motherboard is a simple motherboard has four pcie slots a single cpu you can plug in a Intel's Xeon or Intel E5 server class processors and the motherboard also accepts ECC memory, which is uh, error correcting memory types. I started with 16 gigs of RAM and over time I maxed it out at 32 gigabytes. I think that's the limit on this motherboard specifically. There are other super micro motherboards that, that can accept dual CPUs. And up to eight memory slots, and you can probably go up to 128 gigabytes of RAM. So let's look at the hard drive specs that I started with. I started with six three terabyte hard drives, and I got a seventh one as a spare drive in case a drive fails. I can quickly tell the software to hey, um, use this spare drive instead, and I can then shut down the machine and take out the defective drive. Now, there is a way to set up hot swapping on this machine, or on this motherboard and the HBA controller, but I don't have the proper server case to support that kind of hot swapping. Now If I had done a little more research, maybe spent a little more money, I would have had a way to hot swap hard drives on this machine. So i've got six three terabyte drives configured in a raid z2 configuration so now what is raid z2 now since FreeNAS uses zfs as the file system zfs is a very neat very robust file system that can track and self-correct any data errors so it's really good it's really clean and Why is this a hobby? Well, computers is a hobby of mine. Gadgets is a hobby of mine and um, keeping track of so many hobbies is kind of hard, right? The case that I ended up getting was a Ractel R5. It's a super quiet case and it's got support for, I can plug in eight SATA drives, three and a half inch drives, and it's got two five and a quarter bays where I can plug in uh, other additional hard drives if i need to now what happened recently is uh, one of the drives decided to fail on me it just started showing up bad sectors luckily i had upgraded all my three terabyte drives to six terabyte essentially doubling storage on my machine because i was um, i was maxing out the storage and i only had uh, two two or one and a half to two terabytes left and i was like all right i can't I cannot have this, and uh, it's gonna crash. And if it does, and I'm, I'm screwed. So I ended up uh, upgrading the drives to six terabyte drives. There was a good sale going on at Newegg where I was able to pick them up for about 180 dollars. And at the moment, I believe they were at uh, 240 dollars. So got a pretty good deal. So which drives did I go with? I ended up um, red WD or Western Digital had these red drives, which everybody in the community swear by, and I ended up going with those drives. So when when it came time to pick the six terabyte drives, I ended up picking up the six terabyte red drives. Now, recently, since the storage capacity on each of these drives is increasing, so is the configuration. They have red, drives which has 128 megabyte of cache whereas these red drives has 64 megs of cache which is fine I've got uh, my own dedicated cache on the machine which can speed up access to storage or access to data on the fly so recently I upgraded the drives one of the drives one of the six terabyte drives started getting bad sectors and I was like all right um, time to replace the drive and since i had recently purchased these drives these drives have three year warranty the pro has five year warranty so there's something to look for why do you need warranty well the warranty works out really good especially when you have bad sectors and and stuff like that hard drives failing clicking sounds whatever you can just go to the manufacturer site tell them hey uh, this is the problem I had with this drive. Send me a replacement drive. And there's, there's three options. You can have them send you the replacement drive, and then you can send back the old drive. Or you can uh, send them the old drive, and they'll send you a replacement drive. I like the advanced option better because it helps with resilvering. While this was happening... FreeNAS is also you know new version of the operating system is coming down so the operating system lives on a usb or used to live on a usb drive connected to a usb port since the operating system is under four gigabytes they said you know it's preferable that you use a uh, flash drive for your operating system i was like all right that's cool i started with 4 gigabyte modules that was uh freeNAS 9 and with freeNAS 11 they said okay well now we need 11 gigabytes." I'm like all right or right, 8 gigabytes." so I was like okay time to get some 8 gigabyte drives these 8 gigabyte drives just 8 gigabyte drives uh, were clean so fast and, you know they did the job just fine for the past few years now 11.2 RC1 is the one that started giving me problems. it was uh, somehow I got onto the 11.2 train and it was installing beta version of the operating system so I was like um what's going on here I didn't pay too much attention because the system was just set up and ran flawlessly for days and you know I wouldn't have to log in or do anything and everything would just work. so recently what happened is that, the machine like alright the operating system is going to install the update and uh, the update failed it would not install the update and uh, it just frustrated me like why do you need to do this to me I mean I've got enough things on my plate I don't want this problem so I was like okay I'm gonna just wipe clean and put on a new install and I totally forgot actually I did back up the configuration and then I accidentally deleted it. Regardless, I was just annoyed. So I'm just going to run down the list of items required for a FreeNAS server. You need a motherboard, CPU, memory. CPU usually comes with a fan and a heatsink unless you want to buy a separate one, dedicated one. A case and a set of hard drives. And depending on the motherboard, you might need to get a dedicated host bus controller or a hard drive controller so you can run multiple drives together. Parts that I've got, Supermicro SEM9 or something. I've got an IBM M1015 controller card. This is a SAS controller card with support up to eight drives. Got a total of six storage drives and four other drives for L2ARC and cache, as well as um, the operating system. So with 11.2 RC2, RC1, or whatever version, this was giving me issues and not letting me uh, install the operating system on the USB drive. I hope they fix this problem because I tried it several several different ways. I install I tried installing it. So, tried installing an older version in 9.2, uh, which also crashed in the middle, and it was just very annoying. So I was like, okay, I need to reach out to the forums. And turned out there was a Facebook group for the FreeNAS Consortium. I was like, I'm going to join this group. I'm going to ask this question. So I waited a few days, I had the system running, uh system turned off, and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna leave it, you know, don't wanna use up the, the life on these drives just running for no reason. Cause I even unplugged every single drive. I just had two USB ports and on the motherboard and it still would not install from one USB to the other. So this is when I reached out to the folks on the forum and they were like, yeah dude, try eleven point one dash u6 that's the stable version it's like why what happened like you don't yeah we don't know and said yeah um usb is not going to work that's another problem they were facing they're like you know install it on a a small ssd and 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 you should be good like all right well like luckily i had a ssd lying around right i hadn't used it i bought it when i uh got the six terabyte drives Got a nice two fifty WD blue for like eighty bucks. So plugged that in. First I had to find it. Found it, plugged it in, and said let's see what's up, what's going on. Installed the operating system and it worked fine. I also tried two other things. I tried to install it in U U or EFI mode and then BIOS mode. Neither of them worked for the USB drive. Although it was funny is that the USB drive would boot in EFI mode for the installer, but not the operating system to run off of it. So that was weird. So maybe they're fixing that in newer versions. So now I have a stable build. I was like, all right, perfect, I'm running. Let's bring in that configuration file. Where did I save it? Hmm, hmm. So I go to my laptop where I had downloaded and set up the USB installer. And I had also downloaded the configuration file there. Like, all right, perfect, it's gonna be there. The next day I go look, the configuration file is missing. Because I had deleted everything that had free NAS in it and just, just got rid of it from the machine because that machine is already running low on space, got like 12 gigs left. I'm like, oh great. So I was like, you know what? I have all the storage intact, perfect. So let me just set it set it up all fresh so that's the next step that i want to do is set it up all fresh then yesterday my six terabyte replacement drive came in so i was like all right perfect let me plug this in today so it was, i was up like 5 a.m let me plug this in and get it the resilvering process going so then you know i can then start setting up the machine all over again of course the onboard sata ports do not work so there's two sets of onboard SATA ports there's four black ones and two white ones only the two white ones work the four black ones don't work and I'm using one of the white ones for the new operating system that's running off of SSD and the other one was plugged in that was my mirror cache the cache mirror drive now since I plugged in both cache mirror drives on the black ports they don't they're not available and the storage is not <laughs> getting imported uh, I did see an option that I can still import the storage without cash. I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this alone. just need to refresh. Then, plus, the time was running out. had to get get the kids ready It's school. And then I remembered that I that I had ordered another storage controller. So I was like, all right, great. I have four, eight additional ports. I found the controller, and then I was looking through the drawers, looking for the cable, and I couldn't find the cable. And I was like, oh. So I finally, I found this device I had purchased. It's a hot swap for SSD drives, I'm like perfect. I can put in six SSD drives because some of them are hanging, dangling inside. I can plug them in. So that's, that's the next step is to plug in the, or set up the SSD drives in these removable cases and plug those in uh, in the proper way and then uh, plug in the controller. And um, I should be golden. But Again, that task will have to wait for tonight. (laughs) That's it for me. I mean, uh, if you have any questions on how to set up your own FreeNAS, feel free to reach out. FreeNAS is a great uh, way to set up a a dedicated NAS on your machine. Uh, What's amazing about FreeNAS is, one, it's running off of free BSD operating system. And uh, there's something called jails. So, what is jails? Well, jails is a virtualized environment, a virtualized uh, operating system, or virtualized software you can place, you can run off the server. And each virtualized machine gets their own IP address. On this dedicated Freenet server, you can have a Plex server running, you can have other servers running. For example, uh, there's servers for backup, there's servers for Uh, Cloud backup that you can then access to the storage from remote locations. Uh, There's other jails that you can set up on here that enable uh, uh, syncing to other software or other servers. Um, I can't remember. Pinpoint. Uh, You can also run a You can basically run several different game servers on this machine and and, and, um, it's really, really cool. And with the latest version of uh, 11.2, I think they're introducing Docker images. So you can essentially run Docker images in here. You can run a mail server, you can run a DNS server, you can run uh, all sorts of different servers on here. And that was back in the days when VMware was saying, hey, you can get this ESX, run it on the host and run multiple servers, multiple virtual machines off of it. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. So FreeBSD has that built in and FreeNAS takes that uh, configuration and just you know lets you do whatever so you can set up a new jail you can set up, run a vpn server you can do so many cool things it's, it's really awesome awesome it's all limited to what you want to do with it so yeah that's a little bit about the power of free nas and the little things you you got to go through to troubleshoot now if you're not looking to build your own FreeNAS server, No worries, you know, you can always go to freenas.org and they have their own hardware configuration that you can pick up. Uh, These hardware configurations will support 4, 8, 16, you know, different amount of drives that you might want to set up on your machine. Anyhow, thanks for tuning in to this episode and to this podcast where I bring you information about my hobbies, my hacks, and the different routes and troubleshooting process that I go through to solve problems and create my own solutions.